It was always bedlam when Mackenzie had to get home and change to ensure she made it on time for her shift at the bar, and she was ever so grateful that she had taken the time to iron her clothes earlier that morning. Quickly removing her uniform before slipping on her black skirt and white blouse over the black lacy suspenders and stockings that she had put on earlier that morning. The skirt of choice tonight was slightly longer, with a sexy split up the back, and her white shirt was, as always, pristine. She toned down her makeup for behind the bar. Muted colours were always her first choice. Her colours more vibrant when she was there as a paying customer. Giving Greg a quick peck on the cheek on her way out the door, she always walked to work, predominantly because it was also close to home. However, she didn't actually own a car, and asking Greg for a lift was also out of the question. He always seemed to be busy, relaxing and eating the food that Mackenzie had purchased with her hard-earned cash. She had known their relationship was in trouble a few months earlier, when Greg had informed her that he was going on a trip with one of his mates. Greg had given no consideration to Mackenzie in his decision-making process, which served two purposes in her mind. Firstly, it reflected the lack of depth in their relationship, and secondly, it meant that Mackenzie also felt free to do her own thing as well. As it had turned out, he met another woman, a little older than Mackenzie, and apparently he had fallen for her. Melissa was her name, a university student living on the coast with her parents. He had come back from his trip and out of the blue told Mackenzie that he was going to the coast to look for a job, that he was tired of living in this cold hole, his words used at the time. It had been an odd conversation and she suspected something was not quite right, but didn't feel the need to question him further. Of course, all the dirt had come out in a subsequent discussion after Mackenzie had found some receipts, which clearly indicated he was eating out with somebody else. He confessed the whole sordid affair, and Mackenzie let it slide. On the surface things remained calm, however, beneath the superficial facade she created, Mackenzie was beginning to really question if she was actually with the right person. Her naivety was her greatest enemy at that time, in conjunction with Greg's ability to manipulate her thoughts about her self-worth and her inner value, which was holding her prisoner and saw her seeking solace in chocolate and other unhealthy foods. For now, she pushed those thoughts from her mind as she entered the bar. She made sure she was smiling and ready for the night ahead. Mackenzie had genuinely believed that it was going to be a long, slow night. But to her surprise, the bar actually had quite a few people in there already, drinks firmly in hand. The agricultural field days, it seemed, brought quite a few out-of-towners in for accommodation, food and drinks. She had been serving for around an hour when two dashing gentlemen walked in dressed in military uniforms. She could tell from the colours that one was definitely navy and the other was army. They were quite friendly and Mackenzie chatted with them voraciously throughout the night. Her sense of humour had them both laughing. 
Sam had noticed her the minute he had entered the bar. He was glad he was wearing his navy whites, in the hopes that this would impress her. He was always up for a bit of fun when he and Andrew were working in the field. They were military recruiters, it turned out, and apparently young women were to a degree considered to be fair game and a bit of sport. Mackenzie was different, though, and he knew it from the moment their eyes met across the bar. Her humour was light, risque, and he was hooked from the moment she had spoken. Her voice was low, husky, and sounded like nothing he had ever heard before, nor likely would again. That smile of hers radiated warmth, and although it wasn't cold, he felt warmer for just being near her. He asked her question after question as the evening progressed, desperate to glean every little bit of information that he could. This had not gone unnoticed by Mackenzie. And she was like a flower that had suddenly received a little rain, followed by a whole lot of sunshine, and she blossomed right in front of him. She felt the blush of fire in her cheeks as she answered his relentless questions. At one point in the evening, he had disappeared from the ever-growing crowd, and whilst Mackenzie kept up the banter with the customers demanding her attention, she was a little saddened that he had felt the need to leave without even saying goodbye. His friend Andrew was still there, though. He was chatting up Miss Wednesday evening, who appeared to be fully engrossed in the conversation at hand. And she smiled then, thinking that if she hadn't been working that it might have been her standing there chatting with Sam instead. The next 30 minutes flew by before she encountered a little bit of a ruckus when some lads insisted on drinking shots together and as the alcohol went down, the noise factor went up and before she knew it, Cole, the night shift supervisor, was by her side to tell the lads that the shots were no more and that it was time for them to leave the bar. Thankfully, they were in great spirits and after an initial verbal yet jovial protest, they started out the door. Col and her were both laughing as they headed out and it was at that point that she noticed Sam returning to the bar. It was clear that he had showered and changed into some jeans and a neat white dress shirt. She served him immediately, almost unconsciously. He was a rum drinker. Mackenzie had always liked the smell of rum However, she herself was a scotch drinker through and through. She was always amused by her own thought processes and in the case of working behind the bar, she often remembered her regulars by their drinks. There was, of course, Carl, a World War II veteran pilot who liked to drink red wine as he regaled those in the bar with his stories about flying planes during the war and the mateship and fun of the era Then there was Amelia, she was a Bacardi drinker, who spent time with a series of friends who seemed to rotate in and out of her life and the bar, drinking and dancing every Friday night. And now here was Sam, a rum drinker, and his mate, Andrew, whose favourite drink was a pale ale. Sam was watching Mackenzie as she fixed his drink, wondering what she was thinking as the smile crossed her lips, and he was lost for a moment himself wondering what her body might feel like if it were pressed up against his. She was curvy, yet lean, 
Her looks striking. She was also quite intelligent based on the intermittent chat they had had earlier in the night. She smiled at him and she handed him his drink as he casually asked her what time she would finish her shift. He was delighted when she said, Actually, I am due to finish right now, so I'll grab myself a drink and come and sit with you if you like. Sam nodded his head vigorously, insisting that he buy the first drink. <laughs> she smiled again and said he could get the second, as the first was compliments of the house, as was tradition at the end of a shift in the bar. He couldn't argue with that, and he slipped his hand across the small of her back under the guise of directing her to a seat further across the room. Mackenzie was not one for leading men astray, and as they sat down, she blurted out, I need to let you know that I, I live with someone, a man. We're kind of in a relationship. He processed the words as she said them. Kind of, did not seem like she was committed, so he followed her statement with a nonchalant one of his own. Well, that's okay, Mackenzie. We're only having a drink and a chat. I promise you, I'm not looking to race you back to my hotel room and strip you naked so I can make love all over you. His own internal voice was saying none too quietly, liar, that is exactly what you want to do to her. He got the sense that she was like a frightened filly to a degree, likely to run if her instincts told her she was in danger, and he needed to make sure she didn't run, mostly because he wanted to know more about her. She was intriguing, such a vibrant young woman on the outside, yet he could see that she possessed the innocence of a child, and he could see that hiding in her eyes as she looked at him in that very moment. He was so grateful that she stayed, and as their second drink turned to a third, Mackenzie called it a night, declaring, I have to work in the morning, and I'm shifted on here again tomorrow night. When do you lads head back to the city? Sam was also aware of the lateness of the hour, and he had an early start with Andrew who he assumed had already headed back to his hotel room, so he said, We're finishing up tomorrow night, but I'm staying to catch up with some friends over the weekend. And with that, he drank down the last of his drink, saying, Well, at least let me walk you to the taxi, Mackenzie. She smiled, standing and replied, Why, thank you, kind sir. That would be greatly appreciated. He loved the sexy lilt in her voice as she said it. His sole thought now was how did he get to stay in her life? That and the wonder of what she would taste like when he finally kissed her. His hotel was directly across the road from the taxi stand and he made sure they timed the traffic lights so that they ended up in front of his hotel. Mackenzie had not missed the redirect. However, she too was equally curious about Sam and was potently aware of the sexual chemistry growing between them. In truth, she had not felt this level of erotic awareness in some time, and decided that Greg, having betrayed her more than once, did not deserve her loyalty anyway. They sat on the steps of the Royal Hotel for what seemed like ages, chatting and laughing about everything and nothing, until he placed his finger on her lips his hand moving to cup her cheek, and then he kissed her, his tongue seeking hers with a level of urgency as she melted against him, the fervour of their kiss catching them both off guard. 
Mackenzie and Sam were both aware they were in a very public place and as they pulled back from the kiss, their eyes held for the longest time. He spoke first. I should walk you to your taxi, baby, because if I don't, then I'm sorry, but I'm going to take you up to my room and make love to you all night long. She sighed, her hand stroking his cheek, nodding in agreement, her traitorous body wanting nothing more than to follow him up those stairs and to let him take the clothes from her body. Visions of him kissing her naked skin, their hands and mouths exploring each other, had the moisture in her panties increasing exponentially. Sam was on his feet by now, his hand extended to help her to hers. And as she stood, she stepped into him, pressing the warmth of her body against his as she kissed him once more. And for the briefest of moments, she didn't care that the cabbies were getting an eye full of the lust-filled scene unfolding right in front of them. Sam broke the kiss, mostly because he knew if he did not, then he would follow through on his earlier commitment to take her upstairs. And somehow he just knew that this was not the right time all the right place. He walked her to the taxi, slipped the driver enough cash to cover the fare home, kissed her once more, then closed the door and said goodbye. As the taxi pulled away from the curb, she blew him a kiss and watched as he walked back across the road. His blonde head was dipped slightly. Was he sad, she wondered, or just watching his step so he didn't trip? Stay tuned, dear listeners. Much love, Audrey.